Good morning and welcome to the Berean Post devotional podcast, where we take a deep dive into the scriptures to find new insights and practical application for our modern lives. I'm your host, Duane, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you with us today. Each day we'll explore a different passage from the Bible, unpacking its meaning and exploring how it can guide our lives for today. So grab your Bible, your favorite drink, and get ready for an exciting journey of discovery. And if you want to stay up to date on all of our latest podcasts and blogs, be sure to check out brilliantpost.ca. Also, join our Facebook group where we call ourselves Bright Future Bible Freaks, and we have a lot of fun there together. But right now, we're going to get started and jump right into today's devotional. Hey, welcome to another episode of this devotional podcast. We're going through Colossians chapter 3 for those of you that have been following along. And we're going to continue with this body of thought between verses 12 and 25. And this is part 4 as we look at this. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in and start reading the text. Paul writes, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Above all, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let peace, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit yourselves, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Children, Obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the ward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there's no partiality. It's remarkable how um, the Word of God can offer us a fresh perspective and new insights every single time we read it. And so today we want to focus um, on a particular imperative that's stated within the text. And although it may not appear as a command or line of instruction, It certainly is. So Paul instructs the reader, instructs us as we are reading this text, to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. And it's an imperative with no alternative but to either obey or or disobey. Upon reflection, it's a beautiful and comforting um, instruction. One of the indicators that a person has been translated into the kingdom of Jesus of Jesus Christ 
um, is a life marked by peace. Now, despite the current state of the world, those who follow Christ stand in a place marked uh, and stand rather in a place that's contrast by peace as their lives and persons and homes are characterized by peace. However, I admit that even after professing professing my faith in Christ, my life was not always marked by peace. For the longest time, I seemed to go from one crisis to another, from one desperation to to another desperation, and from joy to despair. Chaos and confusion ruled my heart for many years. It it didn't mean that I, I didn't love God or want to serve Him. It simply... It simply meant I didn't understand what living in Christ's kingdom meant. So, in John chapter 3, Jesus teaches Nicodemus that he cannot see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Jesus emphasizes the ability to see and enter the kingdom. And although I am uncertain about the full meaning of this passage, it has a personal application for me. See, at the age of 15, I was what we say called born again, and I could see that Jesus was the king of his kingdom. I believed the message of the gospel. However, I had little understanding of what that meant um, in terms of application. My struggle with finding peace was rooted in in my own double-mindedness. Though I passionately sang worship songs and prayed, applying those truths in my daily life was challenging. And I hold myself fully responsible for the chaos that I experience. But attending church or listening to good preaching didn't seem to make a difference. Regardless of the church, all sermons seemed to fall for me into two categories. The first uh, was basically that you're a sinner and you will be until you die. You know the old adage. Um, the only difference between a Christian and a sinner is that the Christian's forgiven. Yeah, well, that was one option. And then um, that was a, a saying that truly... Uh, discouraged me in one sense, but on the other option was this notion of Christian perfection, which made me acutely aware of my shortcomings, but failed to offer practical ways to improve beyond simply, I'll just try harder. Going to church became a cycle of trying to get motivated to try harder, and with each service providing a temporary inspiration that quickly faded. It felt like a circus act, and and it was only by the grace of God that I that I barely managed to survive all that. <clears throat> it was also comforting, in a sense, to to realize that many of the people in my life at that time who tried to quote unquote advise and guide in my chaotic life were actually struggling with chaos in their own lives. You know, misery loves company, right? While chaos, while their chaos may have been a little bit different from mine. Maybe a little more sophisticated, it was still chaos, just maybe perhaps with more affluent flavor. They were dealing with bad business relationships, troubled marriages, disrespectful children, or children who had left the faith after going to college, involved in inappropriate relationships. Yet, despite their struggles, they they believed that their position or title in the church gave them authority to correct my confusion. And while I may not be the brightest bulb in the package or the most intelligent person, It was clear that they were not necessarily in a position to give me advice in terms of aiding me in my confusion and chaos. However, God's faithful word offered a solution. As I committed to reading and allowing it to shape me, 
I began to see what it meant to live and walk in his kingdom. The Prince of Peace is Jesus, an unchanging truth that's affirmed both in the Old and the New Testament. Therefore, peace is the hallmark of his kingdom. When we confess to be being reborn in Christ, raised to new life and transferred into the domain of the son of his beloved love, or the, the, the how does the text say, the kingdom of his beloved, love, beloved son of love, what characterizes this kingdom or realm? It's unmistakably peace. Isaiah prophesies about the coming of a child who will be called the Prince of Peace and who will establish a kingdom of peace that will have no end. This is Jesus. In John 14, Jesus himself declares, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In Romans 14, Paul describes the kingdom of God as righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Again, we read already in the beginning uh, chapters of Colossians, for instance, in 1, 13 to 14, it's, Paul writes, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son of he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And that's peace with God. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself, he, meaning Jesus, for he himself is our peace, who had made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, um, the dividing wall of hostility. So for those who claim to follow Christ, the key to finding peace amidst the unrest and confusion and fear that permeates our world is rooted in understanding who God is and what he's done on our behalf and what it means to live in his kingdom. However, as I have observed over the years, many believers choose to live according to the principles and values of the world's world's kingdom, such as pride, ambition, greed, fear, and selfishness, rather than following the principles of the kingdom of God. And this can lead, and in fact, what does lead to chaos and confusion, even in Christian homes and in places of worship. Look, if you desire peace, it's important to recognize that it can only be found in Jesus, the author of peace. Allowing Christ to reign in your hearts is the key to experiencing peace. As Paul instructs, we should remind our, we should mind our own business and, and work hard with our hands. One simple phrase that brings peace to me almost immediately is a phrase that I've learned from my wife. Not my circus not my monkeys. This simply means we avoid involving ourselves in other people's chaotic situations. There are always individuals whose lives and relationships are in disarray. And these are not those just stumbling upon hard times. We're talking about these people who, who live in constant chaos. While they may seek your help and advice, um, Uh, by spreading rumors, gossip, or they try to manipulate us into taking sides. To this, I simply say, beware. It's often a ploy used to suck one into their chaotic world. Instead, choose to align yourself with the principles of the kingdom, such as forgiveness, reconciliation, and love. And let us pray that the peace of God reigns in our hearts. If you want peace, be grateful for the gift of his son, Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. Our struggles with finding peace are rooted in our double-mindedness. 
but his faithful word offers a solution. Commit to reading and allowing his word and spirit to shape you so that you may live and walk in his kingdom characterized by peace. So my prayer for you and for myself today is that God fills us with his peace that surpasses all understanding, guiding us with his grace and love. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Brian Post Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight. Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit brianpost.ca and subscribe. Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of bright future Bible freaks on Facebook. Until next time, may peace and blessings abound in your home.